With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hi, it's Brittany and Will Graham. And you're listening to Thanks, I Hate It, a weekly social commentary podcast where we eat the rude, throw mm. shade at unsuspecting targets, and wonder what the fuck is going on in the world. Quick link! <laughs> Welcome, one and all. I believe we are past Thanksgiving, <laughs> which means fuck all y'all. I don't care who doesn't like it. It is now Christmas time. It's been Christmas time since the end of um, it's been Halloween, according to Miss Mariah. Yeah, and she, it, she is the end all be all. So November 1st has been Christmas, y'all. So Merry Christmas. November 1st. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. All right. So that's not what we're doing today. So what we're doing today is um, we don't get into current events very often, mm-hmm. but every now and again, we do like to throw them in there, especially when they become very, very hot topics. And it seems like to avoid them would be a disservice to ourselves and to our listeners. And There was a very, very, very big event that happened um, at the beginning of November. About a month ago now when this comes out. Also, disclaimer, uh, this, what I talk about is going to be out of date by the time this comes up. (laughs) Doesn't matter. We're still talking about it, but we're going to talk about um, crowd surge today. And the reason that we are talking about it as a current event is obviously because of the Astroworld tragedy that recently occurred. Um, Unfortunately, crowd surge is not a new or a unique thing, but it is an instance where we we can all imagine ourselves in that moment Mm -hmm. because I cannot think of a single person on this earth who has not been in a crowd and so we're going to talk a little bit about what crowd surge is some instances of crowd surge Windsor is going to discuss Astroworld because I had very very weird feelings about it and she has done the research she came at me with all of the information and so she is more versed in it than I am because I am still in a weird headspace as of the middle of November when we record this by December (laughs) who knows where the fuck I'll be we don't know what's going on um but then we want to talk about some of our own experiences and then end with ways to try to keep yourself safe um 
trigger warning throughout this episode, there is reference to death in a sometimes in very high numbers. There's also references to like if you're claustrophobic, we're going to be talking. We're we're talking about small spaces um, because crowd surge, one of the issues that comes along with it is a lack of space, trampling, inability to breathe. Very high energy, very scary. Honestly, one of the worst ways one of the worst ways I think you could die. Exactly, exactly. So we are going to talk about that. Um, when we talk about ways to keep yourself safe, please note that we are not bringing this in a victim blaming way as in these people should have kept themselves safe. We are strictly giving information like we always do because we want to make sure that you guys have all the tools that you need to make For sure the that next you are time, safe. Exactly. When COVID is over and you go to Coachella and you go to this- um, When you go to Baychella. Lollapalooza- and you go to this place and you go to that place. You you go to these places. We want you to be safe. Um, and honestly, you're just going to a pit where there's a GA in an arena or this is a, this is a risk. So we just want to make sure that even just going there, staying hydrated, things like that, because people pass out in concerts. That's it's a given. Have Every done that. concert, somebody passes out. Usually from drinking. But we just want to give you, make sure you have information. So before we get into ways to keep yourself safe, which will be at the back end of things, we've got a lot to go through before it then. And mm-hmm. I'm going to start with crowd surge in and of itself. So Steve Allen is a world-renowned expert in crowd surge, crowd collapse, and things associated with large groupings of individuals. He was one of the investigators on the 1979 The Who tragedy in Cincinnati, Ohio, mm-hmm. which we are not referencing because everybody talks about it. I'm sure that there are 15,000 podcasts referencing it right now and or TikToks. So Steve Allen, just want you to know the name. Um, the next time you want to have a concert, Darren Chris, with 100,000 people, please call Steven and he will take care. He will hook you up. Um, Steve Allen defines crowd surge as the point when a large number of people move into a singular small space all at once. So during that move, you run the risk of crowd collapse where people begin mm-hmm. to fall And part of the issue with the falling, obviously they're falling while everybody's moving forward. But part of the issue with that is the fact that not everybody may know that somebody has fallen. And so if you've ever been in a very close quartered crowd, sometimes it can be difficult to look down and see what's going on around your feet. And And it's also- You look down, you might get pulled down. Exactly. It's also very dangerous um, in certain situations. And so crowd collapses when people begin to fall within the confines of that crowd, which is part of what is believed to have happened in the Astroworld Mm -hmm. tragedy. So basically you've got what is like a wave of people- they're either like moving, they're dancing, there's a lot of adrenaline going on, and maybe they start to move in a direction towards the stage usually, or it's towards like an event. It's- exactly. And then one misstep, one accident, one person loses their footing, which it always happens. It's just like a horror movie. You've always got that one person that trips and falls right in front of the killer. There's somebody- to it. It's bad. It, it is. And so somebody falls because that is human nature. We can't always be as light footed and as graceful as we would like to be because we're not built like that. Some accident happens. That person falls. Maybe somebody tries to lean over to help them up. They fall and it becomes this 
rolling effect of just destruction and despair. Um, it usually catches people off guard. I, I cannot think of a single instance where people were in the middle of a situation like that. And they were just like, yeah, I was totally expecting this. Like I came here prepared for this. It doesn't happen like that. So you can't, you're caught off guard, you fall. Um, and without the knowledge that people are falling or being harmed in that moment, there are usually shockwaves of people on the outside of what's happening and maybe, maybe still pushing or maybe still dancing or jumping or whatever. And you just, you're creating almost like this, I don't want to say cesspool, but like a, what a whirlpool of catastrophe. Mm-hmm. And so that, again, it's what happened in a number of different crowd search instances, but it's also what happened at Astroworld. Going to keep referencing that because you guys know that that is the reason we're doing this episode. So G. Mm-hmm. Keith Steele, G. Keith Still, not Steele. He didn't steal anything, I hope. He is actually a crowd expert. I never fucking knew that this was a thing, but he is an expert on crowds. Makes when sense. People, I mean, and you need them because we as humans- It's basically an engineer. It, I mean, okay. Okay, look at you, smarty pants. He's a people engineer. He's a people engineer. That's exactly what he is, honestly. But he added to the statement about crowd surge being a spacing issue. So he basically said mm-hmm. that more people are going towards a single space and that as you all crowd into this area, you're decreasing oxygen, which by default sends our bodies into like panic mode. I can't breathe, so I'm freaking out. Very few people on the planet i mean like navy seals maybe some marines possibly astronauts doctors very few people Leroy, on the planet, Jethro Gibbs. exactly very few people on the planet are able to say okay i'm lacking oxygen in this moment let me calm all the way down so that i don't you know in that situation anyway people it like, doesn't happen like that that's not reality that's not the reality of people and so that is his add to it which you've got a mass group of people they're moving in a direction then people start panicking because now we're all so close together that we can't breathe it creates utter chaos and complete catastrophe and that is how we get a lot of the crowd search instances that have become lethal because mm-hmm. there's poor planning for the fact that it could happen or no planning and then human nature defaults to panic is he also the one who um, mentioned the role of male aggression in it as well? I didn't read that, but they probably did because he sounded like a smart dance. Yeah, they, they said a lot of, especially when the crowds are raging, quote unquote, it's a lot of male aggression and which is a lot of adrenaline yep. and mob mentality. and. Any, any one of us, me, you, the Pope, Mag, Mass, Hugh, we all have the ability as people, if we're in a crowd mob thing to get caught up into it. And have, I 100% have been in the middle of a pit and just been completely entranced by it. Here's the, here's the difference between a real pit and their pits like you know a mosh pit and what they're trying to do here and a mosh pit you go to the back you go to the back you make a big circle and you just have fun you have people on the outside making sure that no one gets hurt on the inside especially girls well there are people on the inside making because that was my experience yeah. I had people on the inside making sure I didn't die 
Bye. And if you say, you know, I want out, somebody's throwing you the fuck out. Like they're just literally going to pick you up and throw you out. That's you don't, you don't mosh to the front. To the front is people who want to dance and listen to the music and vibe. You want to master to the back where there's room to have fun. Like what they're doing, they want to say it's moshing and it's raving. No, you're just being reckless. They was high on the motherfucking drugs, all the drugs. That's what I thought. Because remember I said, oh my God, this had to be some fentanyl. And then I was like, oh, "Oh, it's not. Yeah, no, I they thought were when they said something. dead, I was like, somebody had to overdose. And I was like, oh, this wasn't an overdose. They was high. That was literally the, the conversation when I was texting you at 6 a.m. Yeah, she was. And I was like, damn, my alarm didn't even go off. Who the fuck wants to talk to me? And then I was just like, eight dead. What the fuck just happened? But anyways, it's not what we're talking about yet. Yeah. Before Winter goes into her part, because she has two very intense stories to tell you, I want to tell you guys about a couple of... um crowd surge instances most of them fatal that have occurred throughout history just so that you have an understanding of the fact that well you guys are not stupid so i know you guys know this already but crowd surge is not a new thing it didn't start in 1979 it's been something that has it didn't been around start last week exactly it's something that's been around since the beginning of crowds um it goes very, very far back into our history. It's not always documented, but I did find four instances that were documented. And you can just see how panic um, and existence and crowds and the lack of thought of what the next step could be by people that bring these crowds together, how this all comes into be this like terrible recipe for disaster. So the first one is the Shiloh Baptist Church Stampede, which occurred in Birmingham, Alabama in 1902. 3,000 people packed into a church to hear, which, I mean, they're large churches. It's not like some little hole-in-the-wall church. It's a very large church. Packed into a church to hear Booker T. Washington speak. When Mr. Washington finished speaking, he went off stage, and two people at the front of the stage got into an argument about a seat. Somebody yelled, fight, but people heard fire and began to rush towards the back of the building. Um, the pastor calmed them down. He said, it's not fight. Everybody calm down. Get, I think he said, get quiet. And somebody said, did he say fire? And them saying that people are again surged towards Heard the back. Again. Exactly. And just the those two instances, the fact that the building is made entirely of brick, so they hit this solid force, 115 people died in their attempt to escape. And those fucking doors are no joke. Have you tried to open one of those doors quietly to escape during a sermon? No, because I would never be in a church. Um, (laughs) An incident like this is obviously one of the millions of reasons why we don't yell fire in crowded places, because people... Unless, of course, as women and children, if you are being sexually assaulted, at that time you yell fire because nobody cares if you're being sexually assaulted. Yeah, nobody's going to come if you say I'm being raped. Um, Yeah. Because I hate the world. Fuck the patriarchy. So... Next, we have an actual fire, the Hartford Circus fire. So in 1944, 6,000 to 8,000 spectators gathered in a Ringling Brothers and Barman Bailey Circus in Hartford, Connecticut. Something actually did catch on fire behind the lions, which who saved the lions? Nobody. Um, All hell broke loose while people were trying to get out and approximately 165 people were killed. 
700 were injured and there was actually one person that was not identified at like they could not identify this body until 1991 so almost 50 years later this body lay unidentified and it was the result of people panicking and being unable to there was no clear exit plan and that's why when you go into a lot of buildings if you look very close to the entrance you will see an exit these are your emergency exits um these are the, this is how you get out the windows, like things like that. You will see that very close to the entrance of a building because mm -hmm. incidents like this, where there was a fire and people it, didn't know what to do and they couldn't get yeah. out is the reason that we have such mass casualties. And those, it was, it was like kindling, like it was lighting dry straw on fire. It was all so quick and honestly that's a very intense story and oh yeah I it's very intense should read up on that part of the reason that i did not get into it is because it was so intense and honestly each of these the accounts are just tragic and so i'm very much brushing over them because winter is going into two very heavy stories but i just needed again for us to know that there are more instances just last week was not the first incidence of a crowd surge that turned deadly so the next one did mm. not turn deadly it is the crit it is the Camp Randall Crush. In 1993, the Wisconsin Honey Badgers defeated the Michigan Marvel MCU Wolverine. I think that's what their sports team is. Honey Badger are. don't give a shit. Exactly. And do neither that? does Wolverine. Yes, I do. Um, and fans began to rush the field. So they were just like, oh my God, the Honey Badgers won. Their, their name is not the Honey Badgers, mm -hmm. it's just the Badgers. The Honey Badgers sounds so much more fun. So the Honey Badgers won. We've got to get on the field and like congratulate our players. So they started rushing the field. So the guardrails were too high. Oh, and yeah. this prevented the students from getting onto the field. Unfortunately, the people at the back did not know that there was a problem at the front. They didn't know that people weren't getting onto the field because they couldn't see. And so they began to push and push and push. Mm -hmm. So there were no fit. There were no fatalities, but there were 73 persons injured. Six of those injuries were critical injuries. So not death, but likely some form of paralysis. All because, mm -hmm. again, the people at the back, they don't know what's going on at the front. So they see everybody leaving. They think that they're going along with it and they continue to push. And I know everybody has been in a crowd where they have been pushed and I'm thinking about standing at fucking stage door and when the bitch behind me kept pushing me and she almost got punched in the motherfucking face. Or the time when they were pushing, I was at stage door and they were pushing my daughter and I yelled to the, I, oh my God, I yelled I my best mom voice. I yelled so, listen, the, the actor, his security guard, every, every single person literally shut the fuck up and took a step back. Because Mama Bear came and out. Very like, much, and these are very small instances. These, there may be a crowd of 50 to 100 people. It's not a lot of people, but it's the fact that when there is a force pushing you forward, I am not a very tall person. And it was stressful for me, so I can only imagine how stressful it was for But also, it doesn't Obama. take a lot. It doesn't take a lot. Because... I remember that one cock-eyed bitch pushed ball. me. Yeah. And she almost got slapped in the face and we were staying in the hotel but room together. it only together. takes one wrong fall mm -hmm. for you to break your neck, to hit your head. Like it, it doesn't, it takes one person. It takes you walking down the street by yourself and tripping over your own shoelace because you're an idiot, like to do that. Like it doesn't, it doesn't take a lot. So like 
the fan mentality too is something else. Oh because my god! Parasocial relationship pushing say what? like this. Like this is how the, it, it's going to just be over. They're going to be like, you know what? Y'all don't know how to act. Pre-K pause. I'm not going to do home. this. I'm not. No, seriously. And that's exactly the way that. I mean, again, very small scenario, but I remember getting pushed very hard and I know I yelled at them and then you yelled at them. And I think you were the person keeping me safe. So Windsor, like, I don't know. She's like a, my cocoon. She like cocooned herself oh, yeah, around me because I'm so no, when short. I'm at the, when I'm at the barricade, listen, no, I am taking up the whole fucking thing because you're not getting in my fucking space. And like, that's exactly what was happening. Like I'm you could not moving. feel the surge, very small surge. So I can only imagine. You could feel it. And then I'm pushing right back and I'm cussing you out. Exactly. Like, get the fuck off of me. So our small one versus this one where they're jumping on a field and they've got thousands of people just pushing forward. It's very frightening. The last one that I have before Windsor gets into her stuff is 2015 Mecca crowd crush. This was actually a crowd crush. Um, the fatalities were insane. So this was during a Hajj, which for anybody who doesn't know, this is when you are a Muslim and you travel to the Holy Land. You do your pilgrimage to the Holy Land in 2015. Mm -hmm. So there were people from around the world. It was, you know, the time where we go on our Holy Land trips. Nobody knows how this started, but everybody knows how it ended. Over 2,000 people died when a surge of persons, which... I don't, I've never been on Hajj. I don't know what you do, but I assume you just prayed a lot. 2,000 people died when a crowd surged. I don't know if they saw Muhammad or I don't know if they saw the prophet or Allah. I don't know. But all of these people surged and it resulted in a they had to pee. number of people falling. And it just continued from there. And this was not the first it's set of fatalities. No, and it, it is a domino effect. And there was, um, I can't remember what year, it was in the 90s, but this also happened. There was like a ceremony that you do at Mecca and there's a bridge and too many people were on the bridge. And so the police closed the bridge and people started freaking out because they were like, this is a once in a lifetime pilgrimage and I can't get over there. And so they started trying different directions and funneling different ways because the police didn't plan for people to still try to get over. And there was a bridge that people were going off. It got overcrowded and people were just falling off the edges and dying. Like it is. It's like, why didn't you just wait for the bridge to clear and they would have opened it again? Because they were like you, they were in the middle of a ceremony. Oh. And the police were just like, there are too many people over there. We're going to shut it down. But you knew. Anyways, I'm not going to get into blame because I kind of blame the police because you just were just like, mm, sorry, we knew this was coming, but we still didn't plan for it. But like thousands of people died there, too. And so it's mm -hmm. these instances where there's this massive groups of people coming together for whatever reason, religious or, you know, social justice or fun or sports or whatever. People come together to be a part of a community event. And then it ends in tragedy, which mm -hmm, is mm -hmm. unfortunately sometimes the Absolutely. case when it comes to crowd surge. So mm -hmm. now, Windsor, what's up? Okay, so just a trigger warning. I'm talking about a death by fire. So, oh no. If that triggers you, just a heads up. Um, I'm talking about the station nightclub in Warwick. In what work? Like I said, I wrote it all. Gotta find it. Okay. I'm talking about the station nightclub 
in West Warwick, Rhode Island. And on February 20th, 2003, a fire caused by pyrotechnics killed 100, injured 230, with 132 of the patron, uh, patrons escaping without injury. What the fuck? This was literally catalyst of a perfect storm. Uh, the lead guitarist of the band, it was the Great White, Ty Longley, and the MC DJ Mike, the Dr. Gonzalez, also died in the tragedy. Uh, they think that they stayed in to try to salvage their equipment. And that's what they think happened with the DJ. They think that he tried to save some of his equipment, not expecting it to go so fast. And the guitarist, they're not sure, but people said they saw him come out and go back in for his guitar. So, yeah. And the fire was accidentally ignited by the tour manager just seconds into their opening song when he set off the pyrotechnics. Stop. It quickly it quickly caught the foam um, that where the the drummer had like an alcove and it was covered in foam because you know for acoustic purposes as you do. Uh, uh, at first, people actually thought it was part of the show because like that video for that song like literally had fire around the stage oh no no not that one so yeah so at first and then it was kind of like when they saw the smoke rising they were like oh and witnesses who were there said that it was kind of just like people stood there and watched people in other rooms were just like okay you know and it wasn't until they they saw the because there was a thick black smoke that they knew something was wrong and then they all started to run. And like I said, it was a perfect storm of fucking shittery that caused a hundred lives. Jesus. Uh, The stage was engulfed in flames within a minute. What the fuck? A minute. Was it covered in like beer? We'll get to it. Oh, okay. But that's why they were kind of like, oh, he probably like he probably had time to get at least, you know, his computer right. was 2003. Get something. Because usually when there are fires like that, it gets the sprinklers come on, mm-hmm. it goes out, you go, you go home. No big deal, right? Wrong. Uh, the band stated that they had permission to use the pyrotechnics because I'm sure that their insurance would not let them do pyrotechnics if they didn't. They weren't allowed Especially to, or if it wasn't West fucking Warwick. Like, yeah, that like, kind of you, place is a shithole. I'm not gonna lie, you guys. Yeah, but uh, the band's insurance and the promoter's insurance is not gonna let you do pyrotechnics at a club that is not prepared for it. Very true. They, so they're going to say, "Hey, this is part of our show, and if you know your club cannot handle it, or you prefer not to because of your insurance regulations." You say, you know what? We can't have pyrotechnics. Exactly. And they say, okay, no problem. In the contract, no pyrotechnics. No harm, no foul. Period. So they're they're gerbs. They called them gerbs. And they were set to spray sparks for 15 feet for 15 seconds. Okay. Now, it's not a constant fire source. It's sparks for 15 seconds. And if it was the proper foam... 
it wouldn't have ignited because it, it takes longer than 15 seconds of periodic sparks to light it. It's just a fire precaution in a room. Like when you have acoustic sounds in your, like say we're in a studio right now. We are. You can't be in a matchbox. Like you can't be in a space where if, like say you're smoking a cigarette and an ash gets on your wall, the place goes down like a box of matches. Like it's yeah, all we the can't type do of that, you guys. We can't do that. And the next problem. There's more. Fuck. There's more. Polyurethane smoke is dense and black. So like my ass. The <laughs> so the foam that was used in the alcove was installed incorrectly putting the highly flammable urethane foam over the less flammable polyurethane foam. Polyurethane is difficult to ignite, so it would have had to take exposure longer than 15 seconds for it to ignite. The urethane, one spark caught it. And like I said, polyurethane smoke is dense, black, and contains carbon carbon monoxide Uh and hydrogen cyanide gas. Damn. Inhaling only two to three times will cause rapid loss of consciousness and death from internal suffocation. Two to three breaths of this smoke. And now mind you, people didn't realize something was wrong until they already smelled the smoke. Right, so they're already fucked. There's there's hydrogen cyanide, there's cyanide in the air. Fuck. It was it literally turned into a gas chamber. Next, no sprinklers. Fuck, come on, man. It was later determined, had it been an adequate sprinkler system installed, the fire would have been contained enough or not spread enough to easily evacuate everyone without there being any fatalities due to the fire. Like they would have been able to just, just enough. It wouldn't have gone up like a fucking matchbox right and, and this one's on the town Fuck. the town fucked up with this one west warwick ain't because, shit for real y'all you ever because been there it was mm, probably because it was grandfathered into not having to be outfitted with a sprinkler system because of the year it was built but it was renovated from a restaurant to a nightclub which immediately voided that exception because when they renovated it they would have had to put that in Mm -hmm. but guess who missed that on the fire inspection somebody from west warwick yes (laughs) you're like actually yeah that was it actually yes so they fucked up on that one and it's really important to note that the manager there's no one who blames who feels worse about what happened than the manager like he was devastated by this and he stayed in that fire as long as he could yeah to get people out so he was actively trying to find doors for example Mm. one of the doors was blocked by a table he ripped the table out and put and um went to go open the doors so there's an episode of csi where i believe it was csi vegas where uh, there was a fire in the nightclub and one of the doors was bolted shut. 
It, it was because um, Delco was in there and the cute one. No, it was, it was Miami. It was CSI Miami and they were in the nightclub. They were just out there to party and the doors were locked with chains and then crowd crush happened. And that was actually loosely based on this. So Not fun anymore. This was cute until you kept with that. Yeah. Shit. So thanks a lot. He bitch. Yep. He also broke windows and was like helping people get out of the windows. Oh. And he looked back and he he saw people falling like dominoes just piling on top of each other piling on top of each other like from the gas from mm-hmm. the panic so and everybody when they finally realized what was happening instinctively tried to go out the way they came in of course so obviously the crowd crush started at the exit and then people are falling from just being pushed from panic from cyanide gas from that like they were people in the crowd that were saying you know they couldn't breathe because they were just getting smushed it was literally bodies piling on top of bodies as people were climbing over other people's bodies trying to get out and would fall and basically be part of now the bottom of this right it was such a horrible 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 event uh let's see And get this, survivors also reported that a bouncer would not let the people out of the stage door exit because that was for the band only. We're making sure Sir, there's that a we fucking don't fire. Fucking die. Get the fuck out of here. Sir, there's a fucking fire. It doesn't matter. It doesn't fucking matter. Like, They're not trying to go not, meet the fucking band. Nobody cares about that band anymore. They're done. Like, that's it's it. It's over. That's it. So we have gotten to the end of the tragedy. Like I said, all said and done, 100 people died. Um, Some people died from smoke inhalation. Some people died from being crushed. Some people died from from asphyxiation, positional asphyxiation, and in a terrifying, terrifying manner. So... The band manager was charged with 100 counts of involuntary manslaughter. He pled guilty to save the families the pain. And oh. you know, he was like, I just want to get this done and over. He never, ever once mitigated his, his guilt in this. Jesus. He, he hand wrote every single family an apology letter. He always, always like, he's like, I did this. Whether or not he meant to do it, he always took responsibility for it. And he was like, you know what? I just want this to be over. Like it's been three years, like, you know, let them rest in peace. And, you know, I'll take the L. So he was sentenced on May 10th, 2006 to 15 years in prison Ah. with four to serve, 11 years suspended, three years probation. The judge stated, quote, the greatest sentence that can be imposed on you has been imposed by yourself, end quote. With good behavior, he was eligible for parole in September 2007. Approximately 20 families actually did send letters to the parole board expressing their support of him uh, and their sympathies given his, let's see, uh, approximately 20 
20% 20 of the families sent letters to the parole board expressing their sympathy and support of him given his honest and true regret and remorse. One of the families said, quote, in the period following this tragedy, it was him alone who stood up and admitted responsibility for his part in this horrible event. He apologized to the families and made no attempt to mitigate his guilt, end quote. Some others just saw him as a scapegoat and they're like, he committed no crime. Like he helped, you know, he happened to be the one who did this, but he had permission to do this. So is it really his fault? And they just really made an example of him, which is what happened. He was released on March 19th, 2008. And he has... As of 2013, he has completely served everything, parole, all that stuff's done. He now lives, well, as of 2013, he lived with his wife and kids in Florida. Okay. Probably so he can the get a owners, good job because nobody cares about what you do in Florida. It's like Alaska. Right. Uh, the owners who are brothers were charged with 200 counts of involuntary manslaughter, two per death because they were indicted under two separate criminal theories criminal negligent manslaughter and misdemeanor um, manslaughter. They initially pled not guilty, but changed to no contest. One brother was given the same sentence as the manager and the other one was given 500 hours community service. And this was in direct correlation to the purchase and installation of the faulty phone. Okay, so got it. it was in, so the brother who had to do community service like that was more because he didn't make sure like there were proper security in place or okay, there wasn't a sprinkler system stuff. The other one is the one who bought this and did and purposely got cheap shit okay. to save a buck. And now it's they were sense. also fined $1.07 million for not having workman's compensation on their employees, four of whom died. After 2.5 years, the brother was released on parole a bit um, early due on good behavior. I mean, I highly doubt that these guys were out here acting a ruckus. Hopefully not. And so, are you ready for the settlements? Kind of, yeah. I'm into it. The band's insurance paid out $1 million to survivors and victims' family, and this was the max allowed on their benefit. Rhode Island and the city of West Warwick paid out $10 million as a settlement for their fatal oversight. That's probably why the city sucks so bad. Continue. (laughs) All their money. (laughs) Sealed Air Corporation, the company who made the foam, which again was supposed to be acoustic foam, was not acoustic foam, was uh, they settled in paying $25 million dollars. Because why does your foam go up in flames like that? Maybe you should figure that shit out because how many people's homes is your your foam in? Please figure it out now. And apparently there was a journalist who was there who was trying to record footage of this, obstructing the exit and hindering people from escaping. This claim... The television network settled for $30 million. You dumb so you know that this, this thing happened because $30 million for this. Nobody does that. That directly you... led to someone dying. Yeah. Like, and you could prove it probably Easy. because they were fucking recording. Mm-hmm. 
JBL speakers settled with the court, uh, settled out of court for $815,000. That sounds like an insurance match. Yeah. Uh, for allegedly having flammable foam in their speakers, they denied any and all wrongdoing, which I mean, not surprised. I think they just kind of happened to be in there uh, because you sue everybody. Yep. So Anne, we, we said we're going to get to beer. Anheuser-Busch offered, offered $5 million and McLaughlin and Moran, their distributor offered $16.5, $16 million. And so an offer is basically like, we want to help you guys out. <clears throat> like this was a tragedy. Which you cool. Know. I'm glad you guys did that. Yep. You didn't have to do that. <laughs> Home Depot and Polar Industries Incorporated made a settlement offer of $5 million. Providence radio station, WHJY FM, who promoted the show and employed the EMC, the MC who passed, paid a settlement of $22 million. Okay. Oh, live, live nation. <laughs> you better watch out. No, I don't want American, you to watch out. I want you guys to just start yeah. pulling out your fucking wallets, man. Yep. American Foam Corporation, who sold the insulation, offered to pay 6.3, uh, I'm sorry, not offered, agreed to pay $6.3 million. The owners offered to settle for $813,000, which was the max benefit under their insurance since they had bankruptcy protection from lawsuits. Damn it. They put that in their con they put that in their contract that they could write off lawsuits under bankruptcy. Whatever. Yes. So that was the station fire um, in Warwick, Rhode Island. That happened in 2003, uh, my senior year of high school. Hey guys, so this episode got a little bit long, so we're going to break this into two parts. The next part will be out on Thursday, in which we will discuss Astroworld and crowd safety. And thank you so much for listening. Please follow us on social media. T-I-H-I podcast on Twitter and Instagram. We'll see you in a few days. Bye.